Hey guys, Maria Menunos here. Before your favorite TV after show begins, we want to let you know about my new show on Sirius XM Stars Channel 109. It's called Conversations with Maria, and it's live Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Go to conversationswithmaria.com for more info. Buzz you later. You're tuning in to the online broadcast network, After Buzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries, and your number one source for after show entertainment. <laughs> TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing after shows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Hey guys, I'm Johnny Manganello, and welcome to AfterBuzz TV. This is the recap for Season 2, Episode 4 of American Crime. And we have a very, very special guest here with us today. The wonderful and talented Mr. Kirk Moore. Kirk Moore, welcome to the AfterBuzz panel. Thank you for having me. We got a little dance party going on on our microphones. You guys hear that? Um, I'm so happy to have you here. And before I officially introduce you, I do want to tell you that... I have never seen more positive feedback on an episode of television on the internet ever. Because I am a Twitterer, right? I'm always on Twitter. Yeah. And I'm reading the comments. I do this, obviously. So I see a lot of what right. people are talking about. Let me read you some things that people are saying about this specific episode. Someone on Twitter says, It amazes me how close American Crime TV pushes the limits for what's allowed on prime time. Prime time excuse me. Great writing. Kirk Moore. Uh, a guy named Dave says, American Crime is by far the best network drama I've seen in years. And Felicity Huffman, obviously one of the stars of America, American Crime, says, Oh, Lord, that was a brilliant, heartbreaking scene. Quote, did you go there to have sex with him? So, obviously, everybody is on your side. They're loving your yeah. writing. They're loving your words. First of all, congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, and second of all, I want to ask you uh, so many questions, and okay. we will get to those questions. But okay. first, I want everyone to introduce themselves. Is that okay? Of course. All right, Erica. <laughs> um, hi, guys. I'm Erica Renee Davis. You can find me on Snapchat, Periscope, Twitter, and Instagram at Erica Renee D. Okay. And Erica J? Hi, I'm Erica J. Green, and you can find me on all social media at Erica J. Green, and that's J-A-Y-E. And then, Kirk, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at uh, KirkWright79, and Instagram is also KirkWright79. So, yeah. Great. And you guys can find me on both Twitter and Instagram at Johnny Mangs. Okay, so we have a lot to talk yes. about. Um, we're going to start with the recap, and then we'll ask you some uh, questions about the episode, okay. what it was like writing, uh, and what it's like writing for American Crime. I want to start at the very beginning of the episode. We have Leslie, uh, well, actually, at the very beginning of the episode, we have a beautiful, beautiful speech, that uh, opening monologue. Yes. I know you liked, I, I loved. I loved it. Did you, did you write that, Kirk? I did not write the opening monologue. Um, a young man named Kevin Cantor, okay. he wrote that um, opening um, poem. He is a spoken word artist. Mm -hmm. um, we happened to come across a spoken word piece that he did online called People You May Know. Hmm. Okay. And it was a poem about how he he saw the person who raped him mm -hmm. on the on Facebook no. in the People You May Know section. Wow. So he wow. is a, um, a a real life rape survivor and he um, wrote that poem and we, we um, 
contacted him. He came out and mm. wrote an, uh, an original, another original piece for us for this episode. And do you mind telling us his name one more time? His name is Kevin Cantor. Kevin Cantor. Cantor. I'm gonna look him up. That's yeah. great. Yeah, really, really great. Powerful. Yeah. Um. So that was beautiful. And do you guys have any initial thoughts off of that well, opening s- segment? Well, first thing I don't know if we. I just want to make sure. So guys out there watching, Kirk wrote last night's episode. That's why he's our special guest. Like, and it was brilliant. <laughs> and, and, yes. I want, and I want. And I want to say. I'm sorry. Yes. Um. And I want to say that. Not just because you're here, okay. But I promise you guys, because because we we are pretty crude, like we're pretty critical when it comes to episodes. Mm-hmm. This is the first American Crime episode where I actually cried, like I <laughs> I like shed a tear, Aww. and I was like, no, not my mascara is too I expensive. Agree. I agree. <laughs> my mascara is expensive too. <laughs> okay. I, was, I can see you. Brilliant. Just Thank you. Brilliant. I just Thank can't. You. Yeah, I can, but it was brilliant. I, I love how I didn't even say you wrote this episode. I mean, I did say it through reading those tweets, but I was just too overwhelmed with how it, is overwhelming. it was. Yeah. yeah, thoughts on the, uh, the intro, I, the opening. I thought it was absolutely so powerful to start the episode off with that monologue, which really shows what guys are actually dealing with internally. So I thought it was an amazing way to begin that episode. Now, notice that y'all in the episodes a lot with Felicity Huffman's mm-hmm. character, Leslie. Mm-hmm. So I, I love, yeah, I see, I see yeah. that. I see. <laughs> no, it's a good but point. Yeah, it's just ends powerful, begins powerful. So yeah. And I, I wonder about that. It, like, I, I, I've noticed that. Mm-hmm. Last week, she bookended the episode. I yeah. feel like this week she did as well. Mm-hmm. And it's weird because you have this really flawed a, a character who is in a position of power. Mm-hmm. Same same as last year, right? She played an equally flawed uh, character. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious about that. What is the motivation behind having her sort of have the first word and the last word? Or is that just a coincidence? Um, Sort of a coincidence. It's, ma- it's a matter of a lot of the, the action, especially in some of the early episodes, it, it comes through her. Because mm-hmm. the stuff is coming at the school. So right. she's there to protect the school and its name and then when the information you know when it comes she's the first person on it and then it just so happens that you know like last week it ended with hey we found and you know that set it off into so now you know it's kind of that thing where you know I don't know if I can curse, but you know, um, sure. shit rolls downhill. So then right. the next episode, we watched it roll downhill, and right. had to start yeah. with her going on Dan, and then you know, and then now leading, and and now she has to clean up the mess yeah. by the end of the episode. And um, I also want to say, and then we'll get back to the recap. But I also want to say that personally, this season is really speaking to me. Um, after last season, I know you didn't write last season's American Crime, but um, Erica and I were both on the panel mm-hmm. for that, and we were like. I, I said last year, I hope there's a gay character next year because they, American Crime does a really good job of including so many different types of people and I felt like that right. was what was missing last year and then my wish was granted. I got this season <laughs> and I'm telling you like people are talk, really, people are talking about how the depiction of, of gay teens <clears throat> mm-hmm. is is unlike anything we've ever seen on television before. There is a Yahoo News article called The Depiction of Gay Teens on American Crime is Unprecedented on TV. Um, And I'll send you the link to that article because it's really good and very complimentary to this this episode in particular. And what I really liked about this episode is that no gay characters in this show are victimized in a way that I've seen on like like the Yahoo article talks about how on Glee you have the gay characters and they're being bullied and that's it and it's yeah. like the bullies are mean and the gay people are victims or yeah. martyrs right. or whatever and I, I think 
we are not equal as as a people and i'm speaking i probably shouldn't speak on behalf of gay people but i'm going to say as a gay man mm-hmm. i like to see real depictions yeah. of right. me and my people right. and i feel like we're getting a real gritty mm-hmm. difficult depiction right it's not just gay people playing victims gay people can be villains as well gay people right. can be complex so thank right. you for that yeah i mean the, the main thing is like showing three-dimensional characters and and you know and making sure that we y- you see that there is like there's no one set black person there's mm-hmm. no one set gay person there's no one set right. woman you know everybody is different and all these people are sort of living their truth, whatever yeah. that is. And we want to just make sure that we, you know, we put that out the, in the best way that we can. So, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, I, I just wanted to say, I especially enjoy how y'all show the internal, um, how they're dealing with it. Like, the parents are like, it's okay. You could have came out to us. You know, why Why are you doing it? Why did you choose to keep it a secret and go this way? When we would have loved you regardless of and how in a ch- child's mind, you yeah. think so much on it. They put so much emphasis on it, and they're thinking, like he said, he'd rather take his life than deal with the reality of the situation. Right. Like, I'm going to come out gay, I'm going to lose this and that. That that wasn't the reality. That Who knows if that would have happened, you know? Right. That's where he took it in his head. Right. And I love how the parents were like, why didn't you just come and speak to us? So I love how they're showing it again, like you were saying, from that aspect, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. not just showing like the victim size. Yeah, to it was a tragic that. coming out in a way. And, it, it and again, I'll show you that article. It, it talks about oh. these things. Um, so at the beginning of the episode, back to that, we have Leslie talking to the coach, uh, Timothy Hutton's mm-hmm. character, saying, uh, you got to figure out who on your team is lying. Right. Because someone's lying and either they fess up or we're going to get we're going to get the police come in here. This is going to be a big deal. Someone needs to just admit it. Right. Um, and Leslie actually, in my mind, was behaving correctly. <laughs> you yeah. know, sometimes she behaves correctly, sometimes she doesn't. And I don't know her <laughs> motives mm. here. I However, agree with that. I thought it was interesting that she was finally like, wait, we have to do this correctly. Maybe right. too little, too late. I don't know. And I agree with well. that too, Johnny. I, um, for the very first time, in this season, I felt that we saw the headmaster. Her last name is Graham, right? Headmaster mm-hmm. Graham. I felt like we saw headmaster Graham show true compassion. I feel that in other episodes, we've questioned, as you said, Johnny, we've questioned her motives. We didn't know if she was pushing her own agenda right. or if she was really being sensitive and compassionate to right. the actual possibility that there might have been a rape. Beginning of the episode, I finally believed that she had true empathy. But then fast forward to the end of the episode <laughs> and forget about all that. No, not even fast forward to the end. Then a little later on in the episode, she's with her her boyfriend, right? Her boyfriend, yes. Yeah. Um, and and it's talking about the theater and this exciting thing coming up in for the school. And the boyfriend's like, "Wait a minute, how are you talking about this when yeah. this much bigger thing's happening?" So I right. don't know that she always had her, has her head on straight. But yeah. in that moment, <laughs> what are your thoughts she, on this? She always has her head on straight. That's the thing yeah. she's always thinking uh, she's uh, always uh. i mean the the thing about leslie is that she wants to stay a step ahead of everyone in this process it's just like if you r- remember like a couple episodes she's like we don't want to deal with the lacour family you know what i'm mm-hmm. saying like she's always thinking mm-hmm. and that is what makes her such a great character because she is always trying to think of what everyone else is and that's why last week it was such a shock when that when the cop brought that to her because that was she was not thinking that was about to happen you know what i'm saying so i mean she 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 is a chess player Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying and 
she plays it damn good. She yeah, does. She plays it well. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then we have the coach. Why can't I ever remember his first coach name? Dan. Coach Dan. Dan. <laughs> so coach asked the team to speak up or warrants are coming. He says, um, basically it's time to just fess up. I want, we need to be transparent here. Right. And then a fight breaks out in, the, I don't know if it was a yeah, locker room the, or the yeah. area where they were meeting. Um, and I'm thinking the entire time Eric looks scared, right? Like he's in the yeah. back yeah. sort of keeping mm-hmm. to himself. Um, this whole time, and by the end of the episode, we kind of know more about what right. Eric did or did not do, but you can tell there's something going on with Eric. <laughs> I just wanted to um, highlight something, too, with Coach Dan. I think it's interesting how he goes about handling the situation from the beginning, and he's very hesitant. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to, like, confront the boys when you're an adult, and, you know, this is a serious situation <laughs> that needs to be handled in a adult-like matter. I, I feel like there's something, there's an underlining there with him mm-hmm. that he, either something he's dealt with, or I just, I feel like there's something there do with Do you him. really? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I do. Spill the secrets, Kirk. Okay, you know, I mean, he loves his boys. He yeah. loves his boys, mm-hmm. and he wants to protect them, and I think that, you know, it, it, he's gonna go a long way with that. He really, I mean, whereas Leslie is about Leland and the school, mm-hmm. yes, Dan yeah. is about those boys, and like, and you see in that first scene, he is sticking up for the boys, even while Leslie is saying, "Hey, we have to bring someone forward." He's like, "I don't want to do this. They told me this. I believe them," and foolishly, yeah, in, in a way. <laughs> but you know, um, he he trusts them, and and these are boys that he's been with for three, four years. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And so. He feels that he knows them, and and for some of them, that he's like their parent. You know, when that first episode is like, you know, growing up in a single parent home, and mm-hmm. coach, and so he's their their father figure. He doesn't want to disappoint them. So, see, I find with Dan, <clears throat> Dan is the antithesis of what I think I would want a parent to be. And hmm. again, I always, have to, I, I, I always have to say this: I'm not a parent, so this is my this is my the disclaimer. But. I, he on the outside, on the surface, it seems that Dan has everyone's best interest at heart. But right. then it's, it's mm. all very superficial. <laughs> he he kind of talks at his daughter with good intentions, I believe. He talks at his boys with good intentions of wanting to protect them. But what? Wh- why can you not be Dan, that father figure, so to speak, that says? Kirk, I know you're going through something as opposed to like kind of sweeping everything under the rug. So again, I know that there are a lot, there, there are a lot of people who, there are a lot of people, a lot of, a lot of adults who think that talking at a situation right. is talking through it. Dan, so far, I have not seen him yeah. really thoroughly talk through anything. You didn't think he talked through no. in the, in the hospital <laughs> I was no, just going to say, thank you, thank you. I was going to say, Eric came out for the first time ever today. And then he walked away, he said, he, he, told, he told the father, go talk to your son. <laughs> really? But really, dude? Right. The dad should talk say. about it. But see, but here's the thing, I think in school systems, parents, parents put the onus on it administrators and teachers to take care of their kids. Administrators and teachers put the onus on the parents to take care of your kids. Mm-hmm. Who's taking care of the kids? <laughs> so he's on his deathbed confessing his homosexuality to a coach and this dude is like, well, peace right. out. Go deal with your son. <laughs> Great writing, but bad, but bad coaching. Wait, let's back up. Okay. He's not on his deathbed. <laughs> 
I I do understand what you're saying. However, I do think there's something to be said about Eric coming out to his coach. He didn't come out to the principal. He didn't come out to his parents. He didn't come out to the student. He, I mean, well, who knows what happened at the party. I mean, I'm sure they know more than we do at this point. But he came out to the coach. I thought that was beautiful. I don't know. <laughs> it was it was beautiful, but again, I wanted Dan to do, do, be more. You know, know, he he, he threw his he threw you had you had you had Dan throwing his hands mm-hmm. up in disgust at the boy. Well, well he, he wasn't it wasn't disgusted. I, you know, it's like he didn't know what to say. That okay. is the I mean, if throughout the the last three episodes, you know, Eric has been very hyper masculine and yeah. you know talking about bitches and <laughs> you know and look on my you know showing Asian bitches on a cell phone, yeah. you know, and all that stuff. So it was like. That was the last thing that he mm-hmm. expected to hear from him, so he didn't right. know how to approach it. Which is why, when he goes and talks to his daughter, he's like, "Is there, is there anything you want to tell me? Please tell me. Like, don't let it yes. go and fester so long till you get till you end up like Eric." Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, I get it. And I think that is such an interesting p- part of the episode. Right after he had this moment with Eric, he went and became a better father to his daughter. I thought because in the first episode, she didn't think he became a better father. I know, but, but here's why I think. Here's why I. I think he's a better father because in the first episode he's filming his daughter Thank right you. doing that like dance kind of creepy <laughs> so maybe creepy he's dad getting more and more in the right direction creepy dad um, I'm glad we're talking about Eric uh, and we'll continue talking about him um, let's talk about his home life because mm. we found out a lot about his home life his parents don't have money for a lawyer right um, his parents seem to not really get along in a way the episode starts with him Near the beginning of the episode, I should say, he goes to his dad's office. Is yes, that correct? And then his mom office. comes to pick him up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then later on, his brother is talking about those hot chicks in Miami, <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, I don't want to go to Miami." <laughs> 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 That's yeah, not we know. <laughs> West Hollywood, here we come. <laughs> yeah, come on over here. Throughout this episode, Johnny, I kept thinking this episode should have been called "Sins of the Parents" because mm-hmm. all of the children are being affected in some way from yeah. their parents, what their parents are doing, how their parents are living. Totally. You see Taylor is finally, we're finally seeing a story with Taylor's mom that obviously what she went through is affecting him now. So he can't speak about it. She needs to get her stuff together. So I just thought that was a very interesting way of showing children are heavily affected by the parents in the living situation, what's going on. And I think I'm glad that y'all are flushing that out. Yes. And I think in the black community, and maybe in the white community too, we call that generational curses. Mm. You know, where from one generation to the next to the next, you perpetuate cycles Mm -hmm. of adversity. And I just want to piggyback on that, Erica. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, (laughs) generational curses. Break that generation curse. Generational (laughs) curse. Yeah. So these kids, unfortunately, are living out their parents' shortcomings Mm -hmm. in one way or another, especially Dan. Daughter. <laughs> <laughs> Dan gets on my nerve. I'm yeah, sorry. Erica, yeah, yeah. I, I, Miller, Erica, stats. Okay, Dan okay. has his heart in the right place. I'm, I'm on. I'm on. Creepy Dan. Dan. I believe that, but he still gets on. Get um, it together. You're an adult. Let's talk about um, the overdose and Eric going to the hospital. He drinks in the alone in the bathroom. He takes the pills and he tries to kill himself. Yeah. Right? I assume. Yes. Correct me if I'm wrong about that. You're right. Um, once he's in the hospital and gets his stomach pumped. Uh, he's pissed at the coach. He's pissed at Dan for suspending him, which I thought was interesting. Um, he really is more affected from this whole situation than I had gotten in previous episodes. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. right. I mean, you know, I think that he was very upset that 
you know, he was the player that was singled out. And, you know, Dan is like, you can always come and talk to me. I'm your coach. I'm your friend. And he's like, mm. if you were my coach and my friend, you wouldn't have suspended me. Now, that didn't come from Dan, though. Mm-hmm. It came from, uh, like we talked about, it rolls downhill. So that came from Leslie. Right. Dan was just sort of doing what he is supposed to do as a teacher, coach, administrator. And so, but Eric doesn't know that. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the behind the, you know, the scenes dealings that the teachers are doing. So he doesn't know that all he sees is that a person that he looks up to as a coach or father figure and somebody who, you know, sees something in him that maybe his parents don't see is that you suspended me. And so, and I think that, you know, that's sort of the way teenagers are. It's like, you know, they take things close to heart. Either they blow stuff completely off or they take it really, really close to heart. And so, I think that he was mo- he was angry and he was disappointed in the fact that the person that he trusted and the person who has been coaching him and made him team co team captain kind of threw him to the side and, and technically because they didn't want to mess you know make Terry angry. Now, did you have carte blanche to? Uh, I know you have to keep your characters' storylines consistent mm-hmm. with whatever the overall theme of the the season will be. Right. But how much? I guess, how much flexibility, how much leeway did you personally have on creating the outcome of the 42-minute episode? Um, I mean, television is a, is a collaborative medium, mm-hmm. and, you know, so we everybody collaborates, but, you know, if it's the episode you write, then you write that, and that's yours, and things are discussed beforehand, and, and you know, there, okay. like you said, there is a plan and sort of a laid out thing, but... After a while, I got to go home and sit in my room and look at my dogs and type on the computer until I finish it. You know what <laughs> yeah. I'm saying? So I had to do that. Um, you talked about a collaboration. Do y'all sit kind of sit around the table? I did read that. It's a very <coughs> diverse room, of course, we yes. all know. And do y'all share stories? Because a lot of this feels so real. I'm yeah. 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 I mean, it, it, without getting specific and whatnot, you yeah. know, we it's a very collaborative. Everybody, you know, we come from different backgrounds, different... Mm-hmm. Um, there's different races, different nationalities in the room. So we do share a lot um, in hopes of finding what's going to be truthful on screen and on the page and, and making sure that we make, like I said, we make these characters well-rounded. So, yeah. I hmm. love that. Um, I want to talk about Kevin and Terry and the LaCroix now um, because that was also obviously a big portion of the episode dedicated to them. Uh, They speak to the lawyers at the beginning and parents ask if Kevin can do a polygraph test but the lawyer says don't do that. Um, and then, and then he, you know, gets in his suit, Kevin gets in his suit and he goes and talks to that room. are, Are they all lawyers? Um, um, well, one is a detective, and then there's you know they have their lawyers there and, and whatnot. But it's the the, the family detec- the family lawyer, the detective is there, and okay, yeah. So um, they're talking to the room of detectives and lawyers, right. and you know Kevin says what happened, uh, and do you guys believe him? Do you what do you what well, are your thoughts? Well, he, he reads the statement. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He he reads that statement, and I think. No, I don't. I don't believe Kevin. <laughs> I mean, he, because he he has shown throughout the episode when he he presses Terry and says, you know, Mom, you always tell me to be a good man. Why can't we help Eric's? Pa- why can't we help Eric out a little bit more than mm-hmm. we're helping him? Right. And I think that's. I think that that is Kevin's guilty conscience as well as he just that's his homeboy. You know, they're, right. they're captains. They're co-captains. They probably have grown up together and Kevin also knows that his fingers are a little bit I'm telling Kurt as he's probably thinking she's not she's way off. <laughs> but Kevin knows that his hands are much dirtier than his parents think his hands are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't I don't I didn't believe Kevin's 
um, statement. How much of that statement actually even came from him? Because it looks like he was reading it and kind of looking at his parents like, shut up. <laughs> I don't know, say this. Right. You know, they, you know, like, like Terry said, listen, you have the luxury of having some parents with some money. Right. And we can get a lawyer for you and take care of this thing for you. And you just do what we tell you to do. And that's pretty much. That's, that's what, what you do. With. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't want to. He don't want to get in jail. He want to go to NYU. Yeah. you know what I'm saying. So he wants to be out. He wants to be taken care of. The moment where Terry says, basically to to Kevin, "Don't worry about Eric." Yeah, white young white men have the benefit of the doubt in in the eye of the law, and I thought that was really interesting. We see that all the time in yeah. in news and pop culture, and and it's interesting that sort of the the what we're what we're used to seeing is sort of flipped mm-hmm. on its head, right? right? That's what I love about American crime, right? Um, you have a poor white boy um, who needs to... Or you, have a, you have a wealthy uh, black boy who wants to help out the poor white boy, which is right. really interesting. Um, and Kevin thinks helping a friend is being a man, like what you yeah. said. Um, and it is doing the right thing. These values that his parents instilled in right. him. Um, but do you think that you can help out Eric and also... N- not get your hands dirty, right? Like, if Kevin says anything, is he digging his own grave? No, you know, Kevin has to protect himself. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Right. okay. He has to protect himself, and I mean, you know, as you see in the, by the end of the episode, there had to have been a time when only, you know, when some people were by themselves, and, mm-hmm. you know, and there, so there was a part where Kevin is definitely not included. He didn't you know anything about those text messages, at least you know. True. At least you don't think so. Well, <laughs> yeah. See, I, I think, I think that Kevin. I think, and maybe two or three episodes ago, we did bold predictions, <clears throat> and I think I made a mention that his girl, he and his girlfriend, maybe have keys to what happened. But that's neither here nor there. I want to talk about how I like, I like Terry. I, I like Terry mm-hmm. because she is so firm, and um, I think that she is playing. I think that she is not perpetuating the black bitch stereotype. She's just she's just playing a strong woman who cares about herself right. and who cares who cares about her son and who cares about her family. Right. And I think that it's very smart television to find a dark brown skin lady woman who has a black son and a black husband and who is intentional <clears throat> in her decisions, but her but she still doesn't come off as a bitch. I really appreciate well, that. Well, I'm happy that you don't think that she yeah. does. I mean, because the majority of the oh, people my are like, God. I cannot stand. I mean, this, she's like, you know, when they, they put Terry and Leslie sometimes in the same category. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for me, Terry is, you know, she is about her family. Mm-hmm. Like, do not mess with her family. Do not mess with her son. Um, In the same way that Anne is, she, Anne mm-hmm. just doesn't have the means. And, you know, this right. season, we really wanted to focus on, you know, on families coming together. Right. And families coming together in, you know, tragic situations or, you know, when things happen. So, to me, if I don't think that Terry is an angry black woman mm-hmm. or, a, a, or, or as, you know, as you said, um, the like the black stereotypical well she's not a black bitch yeah there we go okay she's not a black bitch (laughs) or or, or, I don't I don't perceive her as such I mean she she has her she has her way she has a way that she wants the world to see her family and to see her and she's not gonna let anything tarnish that I think there is something good about a person who had who takes pride in that um my dad was a police officer my mother's a dentist they do you know it was 
I cannot let let my father look bad. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I get it, and we had we've had those conversations. You it's kitchen, you call it kitchen table talk. You know, we've had those conversations in the house. Was like, listen, they ain't gonna do the same thing to you that they do to him, and you need to trust us on that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's what she's talking. I think she was speaking a real truth in that in that scene to to her son. And as an 18 year old, Kevin can't process that looking out for himself or looking out for his own interests doesn't mean that he's particularly betraying Eric. It just means that you're a black man in America trying to go to college. Mm -hmm. You have uh, an internet record already. Taking Mm -hmm. care of yourself doesn't mean that you're leaving your friend by the wayside. It means that y'all can be friends in 10 years when this blows over. Right, right, right. Exactly. Um, Because I do want to have time to ask you questions, we're going to hop along to uh, Taylor and Anne so that we can wrap Mm -hmm. up the recap. Um, I just want to mention that a lot happened with Taylor in this episode. He switched to a new school. Mm And I'm, I'm... First of all, I commend his mom for allowing him to do that. Because his mom did not listen to him when he said, don't talk to the press. But she did allow him to switch schools, which I think was nice. I think they both wanted that for Taylor. Is that a fair assumption? I I commend her for allowing him to finally make his own decisions because he is coming up to the age of being a a man. But I think a lot of her decisions have been misguided and Mm. just kind of not really fully thinking about the outcome. That's why I do appreciate Terry. I think Terry fully thinks about the realism of what's going to happen in the future, what's going to happen with my son's future and stuff like that. And I think Taylor's mom is just so stuck at in an emotional um, place. Mm-hmm. Like, I need to nip this in the butt right now so, you know, my son doesn't end up like me. Mm-hmm. And that's causing her not to think with a clear head. To oust your son in front of his, you know, so-called girlfriend I mean, <laughs> it's just so cold. <laughs> well, no, it's interesting. I mean, yeah, there, I, I, we see now that I, I know I was saying in the past episodes that I didn't think that mm-hmm. she, I thought that that she was the beard, yeah. but she actually thought they were in a relationship. Well, and maybe he feels that way too. The only person yeah. who said I'm gay is, is Eric very, in yeah, this yeah, episode. Yeah. Right. So maybe, just yeah. because Taylor likes boys doesn't mean Me, that he doesn't yeah. also like girls. True. Right. Um, I mean, you know, she more like, listen, nah, you're not doing that to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, which is another interesting conversation I, you know, we could have later, but you yeah. know about the perception. You know, girls can be can be lipstick lesbians. Yeah. We can hook up with each other. And then we can go have sex with a guy, <laughs> and no one says, "Oh, that girl is gay." Guy, yeah. But let a guy do hot. it, and it's like, "What you did? What with what guy?" <laughs> uh, um, so yeah, no, you're right, and we will have that conversation. <laughs> I, I, I would like to sometime, but I do want to. I do want to make sure we get through the Taylor and storyline. Um, and storms in after finding uh, after being given the transcripts yes. of their text messages yes. between uh, Eric and Taylor, yeah. and she is pissed, right? And before is it Evie we're calling her? Evie. Evie. Before Evie could even leave the house <laughs> Anne says, yo are you gay? Do you like dudes? <laughs> she, she, told, like, she told no. Evie to go home. She told Evie to go home. She said, <laughs> she was she 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 to she No, Evie was moving too slow. She wanted to pass she I, felt bad. I felt to, bad for Taylor. Though. I mean, you, well, yeah, you should. I mean, nobody. That's a I, rough coming out. Yeah, it, it, it's very rough. I mean, that is in front of your girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. Oh, by the way, t- sorry. And then she should have get. You know, she wanted that password, and you know that's the the thing. Like the password thing, it was one of the things I was like, that is like the scariest thing. Like when you lose your phone, you worry yeah. about people breaking your phone. And so, like the scene, even the scene with um with with Eric and his brothers, like give me your phone, and then the scene is like this is like our life. This mm-hmm. is our life. Yes. You lose this, and so like. 
when she's like, give me your password, your phone, and he's like, no, she's like, forget it. You know what? You don't want to give it to me? All right, well, here you go. And all the incriminate, oh, man. His mom's going to see everything. His mom said, whacking off, and I was like, oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> my mom, I think, is watching. God, she never read any of those texts. You know what I mean? Um, anyway, so that's sort of where the episode ended for Taylor, right? right? On a really dark note. That's where I cried. Like, that, that was such a moving uh, moving is an understatement. It captured, I think, all of the the thoughts and nostalgia from being an insecure teen. No matter if you're gay or white or black or straight, whatever. I just you know, remember feeling so insecure and vulnerable at your parents. Mm-hmm. You know, feet right. wanting them to accept you, wanting them to love you, and knowing that in the bottom of your heart they do love you, but you don't really know that because right. you're you know a, you're an adolescent. Right. So that scene wrapped up everything. I think that everyone ever experiences in life. You just want to be loved. You want your parents to love you. You want your parents to accept you. Love and acceptance. And both actors in that scene, and Evie before she left, um, were just just simply brilliant. And the writing, of course, is why they were brilliant. Yeah, but it was amazing. It was... I cried. Good, yeah. I mean, um, our director, her name is Julie Bear. She's Mm -hmm. also a writer on the show as well. And she pulled some amazing performances out there to be able to watch them just tear into that scene. I was like, okay, yeah, this is nice. And I thought it was kind of heartbreaking through everything Taylor was going through. He was still caring about his mom. Mom, I didn't want to tell you this because you're dealing with so much. I don't want to put more on your plate than than you can handle Mm. right now. And that was so heartbreaking. A child shouldn't have that much responsibility. You're the adult. And that's what I, you know, that's what was speaking to me the whole time. Sins of the parents because this is like spinning out of control because of the parents. Because of the parents, yeah. yeah. Um, so we're going to now go to questions. And there's obviously things we didn't get to on the recap, but I think it's more important while you're here to ask you questions. Okay. Yes. Um, so the first thing I want to ask is how you feel about writing for a show that's so um, difficult <clears throat> and nuanced and really real, in my opinion, gritty. Uh, have you written on other shows? And how does this compare? Well, so this is my first show. Um, Congratulations! Is, I know. It's, this is my first episode. This is my first episode of television. Yeah. Come so, on, yeah. Round so of applause. This was your first this episode of first television. Ep- yes, it was. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> look at? I'm not just saying this because you're here. It was a beautiful was. episode. Thank you. That's shocking, but congratulations. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I um, when I first moved to LA, I tutored for a while um, at a lot of high schools out here. So I. I definitely want wanted to make sure that the portrayals of the teenagers were very realistic. You know, like I love teen dramas. Like I like The OC and mm-hmm. Freaks and Geeks and Dawson's Creek. But sometimes we can get like a, you know, we can get a very sort of glossy mm-hmm. version sure. of what teenagers are, or, or we get like the. I don't know, you know, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and you never was like, well, why do you hate them? It's like, oh, because they're teenagers, so you just have to hate their parents. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so, you know, what we wanted to do is really show a realistic depiction of if the way that teenagers interact with their parents mm-hmm. and, and the way parents try to interact with their, you know, with their teens, uh, with their teenage kids. And just, I mean, the nature of the show is that it, from the look, from the way, you know, the actors are presented on screen it's realism and we really want to show 
it, we want it to look like real life. Mm-hmm. And so however that comes out, you know, we, we hope that you get that and feel that. So I'm happy that Great job. Yeah. that's what, you know, that's what, yeah. that's what we're doing. So, and other than tutoring, what other, I guess, personal experiences that you're willing to share, did you draw from? Um, when you wrote this episode and when you're in the writer's room in general with American Crime? So, I mean, wow. I mean, it's, like I said, this thing is so, it's so collaborative. Mm-hmm. So there's there's so many things that come out. You know, I guess for me, and, and this was a, a big thing, it was like everyone has a truth in this show. You know what I'm saying? So everybody is living the truth. So whether you think you know, he did it or she did it or their line is like this person is full out 100% living whatever truth they are mm-hmm. and it's your sort of decision to figure out, you know, what what you believe and whatnot. Right. So for me, it was sort of like putting, you know, things that I've gone through as a teenager. I, I lost my eye mm-hmm. when I was in high school. I got hit in the eye with a bike air pump and, mm-hmm. and just kind of tapping into the the way you feel as a teenager when you're insecure and you don't understand what's going on and you don't know what's happening with your body and and things of that nature and then just to another thing is like understanding like working in education and even and just understanding like how sometimes how messed up it can be and especially like mm-hmm. you know I I've never gone to a a a um a private school but I went to public school my, my public school was a little bit so you know and I've never went to like an underprivileged school or anything like that mm-hmm. but just to see like the way it's I mean everything is like a bureaucracy everybody mm-hmm. has yeah. a hierarchy and just to be able to you know to put whatever knowledge I had in there and then also my dad like I said my dad's a police officer so being able to talk to him like how you know do how do the, the police officers and detectives interact with the parents and the mm-hmm. students and what the things that they say and making sure that that stuff was authentic and making sure that they said the right things and asked the right questions and whatnot. so yeah Okay. We're getting a question about the young actors, and I'm sure you oh. don't have any part, or maybe you do, I don't know. You don't have any part in the casting process. Um, I do not. But I do think it should be noted that these actors are really brilliant, mm. even the unknowns. Yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah. Timothy Hutton and uh, Felicity, Felicity Huffman are yeah. Oscar winners Regina. and Emmy Award winners, oh, yeah. and yeah. Regina King yeah. is in it, uh, and, and a Golden Globe winner and Emmy Award winner. Emmy. Prime Regina King is yeah. Emmy, yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, she gave a great speech at the last Emmys, actually, for season one of American Crime. Um, so you don't have any say in casting, but are you on set and and there for that process? Um, yes. Yeah, so you know, we're on. T- I got to you know, I was there for my episode and watched them tear into those scenes. So mm. it's really great to like see you stuff that you wrote, sure. you know, come to life. And the young actors are all amazing. Like all of them were so. And this is challenging material, and they're and the things that they have to say and they have to do is the vulnerability that they have to show on screen but they were all like game like mm-hmm. there was no there was no fear on that set from those young actors so it was, it was really great yeah I love on this show that you s- the characters say words and sometimes they're they're bleeped out and sometimes they're not and I think right. that's really important um, because there's a tendency to whitewash mm-hmm. television language mm-hmm. but I would prefer there to be a bleep over over a bad word uh, than to just ne- not have it at all because I think it gives <laughs> yeah. those characters real right. gritty uh, right. personalities um, do you have any do you have any suggestions maybe for young writers like how to write a, an honest and real character? I mean, I say write what you know. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, I say write what you know. Um, because that's when it's going to be 
the easiest for you to get out. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? At, at, at least for drama. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, write what you know. Write your experience. And that's what happens with writers. We share our experiences. We talk about things. And then those things end up on the screen. And so, you know, I would say young writers, you know, well, of course, you don't. If you write fantasy and stuff, then, you know, you don't necessarily know that. Yeah. But those characters... Those are still people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so put yourself or put who you know in, you know, those episodes. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I do it all the time. I'm someone like, oh, this person, my mother would totally do this, you know. Would your mother totally do what Ann did? Um, because that... <laughs> with- I, I, don't, I don't know that my mother would do what Ann did, but I think my mother would be the type of person who... If something like that happened to mm, me, mm-hmm. she would be like, hey, I'm not going to stop until I find out. And even if I was like, mom, don't, <laughs> I don't think that mom, she would mom, stop. Don't. You know what I'm saying? I don't think that she would stop. I think she would go. I just had one question. Is there an intentional takeaway from each episode? Because with other shows, you might have an episode or two or three mm-hmm. or maybe half of the season that there's an episode that just moves the story along. Mm-hmm. I feel like when I'm watching each and every episode, there's a takeaway from it. Something that either mm-hmm. the teams are dealing with or the parents are dealing with. Something that you can leave after watching the episode and be like, man, really think about it and it resonates mm-hmm. with you. Is right. I mean, I think that in, well, I think there's there's sort of like episodes that focus um, you know more you know specifically on certain characters like last week it was a lot of Kevin a lot of you know Terry mm-hmm. and Michael this one was we learned a lot about Eric mm-hmm. the first episode was a mm-hmm. lot about Anne and mm-hmm. a lot about mm-hmm. so it's like it'll be something like that well we will you will start to learn who these people are or what you think you thought about them the next episode Mm -hmm. you may find out there's a little bit of thing that you were missing and so it's a lot of it is peeling away the characters themselves and letting them push the story forward and what they want and their motivations forward so I think that's a that's a a lot of the way that we approach this season in that okay this we want to focus here on this person and this person and then just making sure that in that same thing that those we're moving the story forward and those characters are you know staying true to who they are and what where they need to be you know come episode 10 maybe this is like asking you to pick a favorite child but do you have a favorite character <laughs> on American Crime oh wow um I don't know if I have a favorite character or, or a least favorite even or do you um, like what one character does? Like, do you so like the I, meat of their story? Most? I, I mean, I would say I think the most complex character to me is actually Terry, and mm-hmm. the reason why I think she's complex is because, you know, I think that people will say, "Oh my gosh, she's the black bitch." You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And and I think that there's so much more to her and to what she's trying to do. So I think that she is a tough character to write. She's also a tough character to portray. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and kudos and hats off to Regina King yeah. for bringing some realism because at, you know, at one minute she's sliding that tissue box over to the girl and firing mm-hmm. her. But then when she's talking to Kevin about the watch and she starts off very upset, then we get, you know, a fun brother. And she's like, are you having relations? And we get to see a real person. Mm-hmm. And Regina is just able to just to do that so naturally. And so I think that 
on the surface, people can say, oh, my God, I hate this lady. But she's really doing what she thinks is best for her and her family. Did we not know from this episode how she took the phone call in the middle? <laughs> <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. I'm done with oh. this. She's like, I'm done with oh, this. Oh, yes, oh, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Eric's dad is yeah. basically yeah. begging. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. she's like, so, that was a little <laughs> mean. Okay, that, that was yeah. a little mean. No, yeah. But the thing was that she's like... I cannot help you. There's yeah. no reason for us to have this conversation. <laughs> sure. I have a job. I need to make sure nobody's firing me. Chill. So, you know, I have to go and take care of my business. You want help from us? We already, we've already sought help. And is it, get, oh, sorry. Go Did, ahead. No, 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 go ahead. No, it's like she's already sought up. It's like, there's there's nothing that she can do for him. Let me take this phone call. I agree. I, 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 <laughs> in the middle of my I know. Take the phone call. I know. Um, I just want to say as a side note, we we never talk about Elvis, Elvis Nolasco. Mm-hmm. Is that how you pronounce yes. it? Yes, um, So, viewers out there, please well, forgive us. Like we, we And now would be the episode to talk yes. about him. Yeah. Because it was, he, we saw more of him. And unfortunately, yes. we just, yeah. I know yeah. we always put that last. Um, and that's wrong of us. But how do you create a character? Like, how do you have so many main characters and then these side characters? Like, how do you keep track of them? Well, I mean, like, like John had a really clear vision of what he wanted to do for the show. And so, excuse me. And so, you know, there was a big thing. We needed to make sure that these public schools and private schools crisscross mm-hmm. lives. And so, you know, we, we have that. But, you know, in, in Elvis's character, you finally get to see someone who actually is looking out for the students. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like somebody yeah. who actually really does care about the students and not about, not that he doesn't care about the school, but he's actually being like a person. The you lean know what on I'm me. Saying? Like the lean you on me principal. Yeah. Now, clearly, Mateo doesn't see it that way. Mateo thinks that he's being biased and he thinks that he's being picked on. So, but in like I said, Elvis is living his truth. He's doing, you know, what he thinks is best for those students and those kids. He wouldn't let those cops talk to Abby by herself. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He, I, you know, he's the one to me. He's the heart of this, and mm-hmm. that he actually really cares about everyone outside of himself. Mm-hmm. And so many other the characters have personal agendas, whether they're looking out for their family or looking out for their son. And he's really looking out for these students. Mm-hmm. And you know, with the whole thing about the you know the HAFK and the and the the school lunches he still is putting the students first and trying to figure out what is actually best for the students at his school and I like yeah. that he's a black man but with a, a, a Spanish accent yeah. so I mean I don't know if that's intentional yeah. but well, but well, he's, he's Spanish he's, yeah he's Spanish it, but he has you know black skin yes. so it's like listen I'm on everybody's side so mm-hmm. you know like you can't you can't play one side against the other because right. I am all of you I represent all my students I think yeah. that was smart. Do we have one last question before we wrap up? I was just since we were on Elvis's character and we mm-hmm. don't talk about him a lot. Are we going to see more of his character unfold? You will see a lot of his character unfold. Mm-hmm. You will see this episode sort of sparks some things that will play out really heavily in the next couple of episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and he will, you know, he's going to be in the middle of a little bit of, you know, a little bit of something. Wow. And so, yeah. yeah, you will definitely get to see him again. Like I said, we all, everybody gets their, their episode to sort of like tear into and, and Elvis will definitely get his chance. And again, I feel like he really is the, the, uh, the heart in this story and, and, mm-hmm. and as well. But again, mm-hmm. like, and has and has an agenda of her own in the sense that she's trying to get justice for her son and kind of like even to his detriment you know mm. as we saw at the end of the episode mm. but you know i feel that you know 
with 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 Elvis's character, he is definitely someone who's saying, "I don't necessarily have an agenda other than making sure that these kids get out here okay." And I think that that that's that's great. Cool. Let's do some predictions for the rest of the season and the next episode. All right. Mm. I'll, con- I'll control my facial expressions. I know. Right? <laughs> so some after buzz. There we go. I thought I was gonna have to do after, but you know, I thought I was gonna have to fill in. But okay, thank you there. Um, so I know you can't tell us probably anything. Yeah, I'll um, put my head down. But can you maybe can you tell us like can you hint at it? Is there anything? Can you get like give like a little nugget or no? we have to ask? Yeah, you know, I mean, you know, the characters are gonna talk, they're gonna argue, they're gonna fight. You know, they're gonna... The characters gonna talk, argue, and fight. Wow, shocking. So yeah, you know, you know, so. That, yeah, that's it. But I'll, I'll listen to some predictions. Though. Okay. I would love to hear this. Who wants to start? Oh, I'll start. Go ahead, yeah. Um, this is more um, of just making note of. Um, there was a com- comment on our YouTube from Underground Productions saying, mentioning how Leslie kind of needs to be arrested for obstruction mm. of justice. Mm. And I'm interested to see if she will be kind of drugged into this case from the way she's dealing with it. So when he said that, the, the flag went off to me like, hmm, she is being a little mm-hmm. interesting the way she's handling this whole situation. Is this going to be a downfall for her? So I'm, I'm, I'm not looking at you. <laughs> yeah. I'm just okay. for her. <laughs> All right. Erica Renee Davis. I'm going to make a very generic prediction because after last night's episode, I don't <laughs> think I have any intelligence to stand <laughs> to, to rival what I just watched last night. So here's my very vanilla pedestrian prediction. Like last season, season one, everyone gets upset when we talk about it but like like last season I don't think we will ever find out what really happened I don't think we will oh, ever man. find out if it was consensual I know what you mean though. you know what we, we will never ever know we're gonna be left sitting on the edge of our sofas pointing fingers just like in making a murderer like he did it he didn't do it it was consensual it wasn't that's my that's my generic prediction hmm, that's really good see this is I don't have so much Kirk. Of, a, of a prediction <laughs> look at him Kirk. no but it's a good point there are so many similarities between se- season one and season two and unfortunately if the end is anything like season one which by the way I love the end of season one but you're not gonna get that juicy answer oh that makes me mad you know it's about the reaction to the crime and, and not the actual crime that's itself fair. and it's about the fallout but you know who knows we may surprise you my, my actual <laughs> prediction though is I think that the two kids both Eric and Taylor who have been outed in this episode are gonna face some backlash for that I f- oh gosh I feel for them I, I worry. I worry. They're like my own. Um, you guys, before we officially say goodbye, I want to make sure we all plug our handles one last time so we can keep the conversation going. I'm Erica J. Green. You can find me on Snapchat, Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff at Erica J. Green. I'm Erica Renee Davis. You can find me on Snapchat, Periscope, Twitter, and Instagram at Erica Renee D. I'm Johnny Manganello. You can find me at Johnny Mangs on Twitter and Instagram. And Kirk, again, where can we find you? I am on Twitter, uh, Kirk Writes. 79 and on Instagram also KirkWright79. Thank you so much for joining hey, us. Hey, thank you for having me. Yeah. I appreciate it. It was great. Do you write another episode of the season? Um, I have one episode. Okay, season. okay. Yes. Alright, well we will keep talking to you on Twitter yes. and use hashtag ABTV American Crime so that we can all stay connected. Thank oh. you so much for watching us. We'll see you next time. Bye guys. Bye. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. 
To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. Those are the hosts only. Don't reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.